You are listening to Just Another Podcast. Contact us directly at Just Another Podcast Live at gmail.com. Welcome to the first episode of Just Another Podcast. I'm your boy Daryl Lewis. And I'm your boy Will Arnie. Soon to be Dr. Uh, Will Arnie, Dr. Lewis. Hey, that's real. That's real. We're excited to be with you guys. Um, 2021 is an exciting year, uh, mainly because it's not 2020. Last year was a was a tough year for sure. Um, but we're excited to be bringing you guys some new, fresh content. Um, and our goal with this podcast is just to do something fun, do something exciting, um, something different than the norm. Uh, 2020 gave us a, a lot to be sad about, uh, but 2021 is going to be full of blessings, I'm sure. Um, so since this is our first uh, podcast, we do want to kind of let you guys get to know who we are um, and what we, what our journeys look like to get to where we are now. Um, so we can start with you, Will. Tell us a little bit about about who you are. Sure, sure. So my name is Will Anu, and I am currently in my last year, thank God, of working towards doctor. It's been a long road. But so... I met Dale actually by accident, right? So like I actually showed up on the campus of North Carolina Central University by accident. My freshman year, I was at Mankato State and I hated the institution so much that when I found out about the student exchange program, I was like, all right, bet, I'm about to get out of here. I'm about to get out of Minnesota. I'm gonna move somewhere, I'm gonna find a new way. And the way the schools were laid up, they were color coordinated. So the school I really wanted to go to was Texas A&M. For some crazy reason, I don't know why, but my lack of knowledge, I thought Texas A&M was HBCU. Clearly mistaken. And so one of the schools that was on the list was North Carolina Central because one of my friends at the time had told me a lot about the institution. So I was like, you know what? I'll put it on and we'll see what happens. So the day that I had to make my final decision, I was failing my biology class. So I stayed up all night studying for it. And literally, my alarm, uh, my alarm went off. And as soon as my alarm went off, I got a phone call from my advisor. It was like, "Well, if you still want to do this change program, you need to come to the office now because I'm leaving in an hour." And I was like, "Oh, can I cuss on this? I mean, I guess I can. I'll 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 I can right? it out. Yeah. But um, so I'm running to her office, and I'm like, "All right." My professor was like, "You're late. You can't take the test." I ran to her office. Literally, like, color, like everything was color-coordinated. Nothing was, like, spelled out. Clicked a bunch of colors, ran to my test. A month later, I get a test saying, Hi, Mr. Arnie, this is so-and-so from North Carolina Central University, and we just want to welcome you. I'm like, what are you talking about? She was like, you are missing the day, Willie Arnie, right? And I was like, yeah. She was like, welcome to North Carolina Central University. I was like, I think you're mistaken. I didn't apply to North Carolina Central University. She was like, well, it was your first choice. But, I mean, long story short, you know, it was God's plan. Made it to NCCU where I uh, I really took off and started my educational journey. True, true. So, funny thing is, Central, Central and shout out to North Carolina Central University. Uh, definitely, definitely a school that made me the man I am today. Um, I didn't, I didn't originally plan to go there as well. Um, I was actually, so I was in high school and I was, I don't even know if I want to say this on the podcast, but I was, I was, I was running, I was running from, from some things in life. Um, and so I had planned to go to UNCG 
And so at the last minute, all my homeboys is going to Central. So I try to switch it up and go to, to Central. But the thing I was running from came to Central too. Uh, but thank God for deliverance. <laughs> right, right. But every everything happens for a reason, man. Central is actually where I kind of found my my passion or per se or or talent in in the sciences, and so came to Central with no idea what I wanted to do in this world. Um, but ended up majoring in psychology. I had a rude teacher. I don't know for all my foreign listeners. I think foreigners are just. Horribly rude when they don't. Man, hold on now. I'm a forty. <laughs> I'm a forty-two, son. The social I, I know. I know. I, I don't know if it's the, it's the translation or how, how people use the language, but people are just so direct. And so he he literally told me, "Yo, you're too smart to be majoring in psychology." Um, and I was so young then, I didn't know no better. I was a little bit offended, but I switched majors to the sciences. And then later on, as as you know well, but uh, for the listeners, I ended up going to UNC Chapel Hill. Um, to go to pharmacy school and get my doctorate of pharmacy. Um, but um, I, I know I, I know we I kind of skipped over Central. Um, but I kind of want to talk go back to Central because we we made a lot of connections. I mean, it's funny because the thing that I ran from to go to Central is is literally what made me meet Will. Um, and so I've been an entrepreneur all my life, and so I used to cut hair. Um, and so. Those who know me personally, they call me cool. So I had little little flyers, cool cuts. You know, I was giving haircuts probably like $7, no license, uh, dorm room to dorm room. Uh, and I remember um, my friend, she was like, hey, my RA needs a haircut, blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, cool, let me go make this easy money. I remember walking in, Will had every pair of shoes he owned spread <laughs> out on the floor. For no reason. So, you know, Ari's in college, got their own room, so he ain't got no roommate. Shoes spread out across the floor. Dresser got his watches on. I said, this dude is bougie. I, I'm like, I'm trying to find out why can't this man afford to go to a regular barbershop? Um, but that's kind of where I first, I think that was the first encounter that I can remember. It was. Um, it was. But I got to tell you the backstory to that. So, for our non African American uh, listeners, if there's one thing you know about a black man, a black man takes his haircut, like, that is sacred to us. There's an old uh, Negro uh, proverb that states, a black man will cheat on his wife before he will cheat on his barber. And so, especially moving from Minnesota to North Carolina, I was not nervous about school. I was nervous about finding a barber. And so I just happened to be um, the RA on the second floor of McBain's Hall, one of the residence halls, uh, halls at NCCU and you know I'm just asking everybody like yo where you get your haircut do y'all know any good barbers because again I'm new to the state new to the city new to the school don't I don't know so in North Carolina and so one of my residents at the time she was like yo my friend cool like he cuts hair and so I'm like oh bet like can I can I get his contact information and he was like yeah you know he's actually uh supposed to become uh kicking it with us and a bunch of friends so I, I'll uh connect y'all then and I was like, all right, bet. And so he came in and he was like, yeah, man, you know, it'd be $5. And you know me, like I'm used to paying like $10, $15 for a haircut at the time. So I'm like, $5, bet. But at the same time, like I'm nervous. Like, yo, if this dude mess up my hairline and we going to fight. Like, I just, like, I was just so nervous. But yeah, it was, it, it was that moment that like we first met 
and we were at, we were we actually didn't become friends then. It was actually later on. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's the crazy thing. We, we weren't even friends then; just more associates. I think we really got tight when we we decided to do something ridiculously crazy. Um, but definitely worth it. Um, joining one of the greatest brotherhood in the world, Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. Um, and so I remember seeing Will. I'm like, okay, I see somebody I know. Um, and I, I don't think this podcast is appropriate to talk too much about kind of, you know, the sacrifices it took to, 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 to join such an elite group of men. Um, but ever since then, I, I think we've been crazy tight, crazy tight. Um, we had 19, 20 of us in total. So 19 line brothers. Will was number 16. Um, I was number 18. And the crazy thing is my front. So our 17, Jordan Reed. Shout out to him. Uh, he always had football games, right? And so when he wasn't there, it allowed me and Will to just act crazy. <laughs> and so that that was exciting, man. So shout out to Jay Reed. He's doing big things. He has a podcast as well. Um, I believe it's called The Reed Option. Um, so if you're a fan of football, definitely check him out as well. Definitely check that out. So one thing I will say about Dale and I, our ambition is a bit ridiculous. Our ambition is almost competitive, but competitive in a good way. So if every if anybody knows anything about North Carolina Central, you know the library closes at 11 p.m. But 11 p.m. really means 10, 15, 10, 30. So if, you, if you're trying to get any type of studying done, you need to get done either during the day or you'd be done by uh, 10 o'clock if they start shutting those doors. And so... Daryl's last year in undergrad was my first year in grad school. And because all my classes were at night and I worked on uh, my GA shift during the day, the only time I really had to study was um, like in the wee hours of the night. And so we couldn't go to Central's um, library because it was closed. So we had some fraternity brothers down the street at Duke University that literally used to sneak us into their library, y'all. And when I tell you like sneak us in, I'm talking about we wait by the door, make a phone call. Either somebody walk out and we just catch the door or uh, one of the bros or like uh, one of our uh, sister sorority members will let us in. So that's, and I think that's really where like our ambition and drive really kicked into gear. Yeah, definitely. You know, and it's crazy because you think in college, it, you would think it would be rare that you see two two brothers out here fighting for an opportunity to learn and for education. Um, but, you know, Especially at HBC, we didn't have all the resources we had hoped for. Um, shout out to Reggie McCrimmon, uh, two-time uh, student body president, who him and um, um, Melo Montavo, yeah, Carmelo, man, they pushed really hard to try to get that 24-hour library. Um, I don't know if they ever got it to this day. I'm I'm not sure. Did they have a city trying to uh, get it at one point? Man, it tried everything um, just so we could have a place to study. And it's funny because a lot of people, a lot of people laughed at us. Man, we we went to the library almost every day. Like, yeah, and like, I'm talking about like we we're not talking about like just like oh we go in there from nine to uh, nine to eleven. No, we were in the library from like nine to like four in the morning. Like we. We were literally sleeping in the library. Like I'm like, all right, Daryl, it's two a.m. I'm about to take an hour nap. Wake me up at three. They'll be like, all right, wake me up at four so we can leave. And so, like, 
And I think, too, like, that just um, that just goes to show there's this old saying that says, you know, there's no such thing as the overnight success. Most overnight success took uh, 20, 30, or 40 years. And I think that attributes to how we have been successful both in our personal and our professional lives because we learned that um, – we learned what hard work was very early on. While, you know, our fraternity brothers were partying and, you know, having fun and enjoying the college life, we – so we foresaw that you know we wanted we we wanted to create an avenue for ourselves because neither Daryl and I come from money, right? Neither Daryl and I's uh, parents are ridiculously wealthy, so we knew that in order to be successful, we had to create that success for ourselves. And then we also realized very early that you know, in order to do so, we had to put in the sacrifice and make it happen. So, Daryl, there's something specific I really want to talk about. Let's talk about your journey to pharmacy school. Okay. Um, so, pharmacy school was interesting. Um, and you got to so tell me the whole story. What What you mean? What part? I'm talking about the, uh, what was it, Winco, Winke? What was that school called? Oh, um, Wingate. Wingate, yep. So, you know, so I know a lot of people, and I don't even know... Um, I think it's something a lot of people go through is just knowing your worth, knowing your value, believing in yourself, imposter syndrome. There's so many different topics that kind of hit on it. But I remember, so I w- I'm a North Carolina kid, so I wanted to stay in North Carolina. Um, I remember I applied to Wingate School of Pharmacy in Wingate, North Carolina. I think it's outside of Charlotte. Um, and this is this is the God honest truth. I submitted my application. I was in class. I got a phone call in class. I'm like, who's calling me? You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get my education. So I just, something told me just go outside. I walk outside, answer the phone. It's Wingate. We would like to interview you for a position in our doctor of pharmacy program. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited. So my interview is like the next week. Now, I just turned in my applications. I'm thinking this is going to be a part. This is probably, I think, like November. October, November. Um, so I go to the interview before the weekend is over. I didn't I didn't got in, right? They didn't hit me up the next day, like, yo, we want you. It's a two thousand dollar deposit. Um, and so I had two weeks to pay a two thousand dollar deposit um in order to save my seat, right? And so they get you. So you have to confirm that you're gonna be part of the class, and if you pay your money, you don't get your money back. And so about a week, so I'm praying about it. I'm stressed about it. But no, I wasn't even stressed. I was going to pay the money, right? And so right, I think like the day before, yeah, so I knew. I got into pharmacy school. My first school, I'm in North Carolina, is Gucci. Um, so I got an email from Wingate, uh, from Chapel Hill, uh, which was actually the number two pharmacy school in the nation. And they offered me an interview. And so I'm elated. Carolina fan, you know, born in North Carolina. I mean, Duke is a better school, but continue. You know, Will Will makes mistakes in life. Um, But so I'm like, I'm going to, so I get this email from Chapel Hill and I'm thinking like, should I go ahead and pay my money? And mind you, I'm broke. You know what I'm saying? I, I started to go fund me to apply to pharmacy school. Like it was serious. Like scrapping pennies together and I'm like, should I pay this $2,000? Because I won't know whether I got into Chapel Hill by the time the money is due. 
Um, so I prayed about it, asked God about it. And, and somehow, I don't know if God told me intuition, but I felt like God was telling me if I paid the money, I didn't trust him. Um, and so I decided to literally not pay. And I was scared to death. Let me let me let me interject real quick. Yo, he was terrified. When I tell you, like, this man was like, yo, like, if I don't pay this money, I'm going to get they're going to give up the seat. UNC is the number two school in the country. Like they have they have uh, graduates from uh, the University of Maryland, Harvard, MIT, Yale, like coming there. There's no one about to get in. And so one thing about Dale and I, we we peer pressure each other in good ways. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we were at my house at the time and, you know, we're just having a conversation. He was like, bro, like I can pay this $2,000, save my seat. And I know I I had a guarantee to get into pharmacy school. I'm like, yeah, bro, but you have an interview at UNC. And one thing about Daryl and I, we're relatively spiritual people. And so like we believe in God's word and the work that God is doing. I was like, bro, if this is God's will, like you're going to get into that program. Daryl was like, well, do you understand that like the last person that um, went to a top school from North Carolina Central University was the founder of North Carolina Central University. And I'm like, so what, you the second? And so like this man was so stressed out that like he he was literally going to make the decision like, all right, let me pay this. But again, faith intervene and and let me let me let you finish your story. Yeah, so. So I, I decided not to pay the money, right? I went to Chapel Hill. I loved it, right? Dream. I mean, I, I wanted to go to Chapel Hill. An undergrad, you know, I was Moorhead Kane finalist, but didn't get selected. So Chapel Hill had already stepped on my heart. So I had something to prove. Um, and so I ended up, long story short, I got in, right? Um, I was so hyped about getting in. I canceled every interview after that. I said, God, I'm not going to play with you. You opened this door for me for a reason. I'm not even going to play with you like that. So I literally, and, and I like when I was at my interview for Chapel Hill, I got an interview for the number one school of pharmacy in the country. I got an interview offer while I was at, at Chapel Hill. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going. Um, and so I got into pharmacy school. And that spring semester of my first year, the rankings came out. UNC Chapel Hill was the number one school of pharmacy in the country. Um, And I was just grateful I made the right decision. So talk about pharmacy school. I got to talk about one of my fondest moments of you being in pharmacy school. We got to talk about your pageant, bro. Bro, come on. (laughs) (laughs) We got to talk about your pageant, bro. Listen, we said that we was going to do this podcast. We was going to do it right. And we are gonna expose everything, so we gotta talk about the pageant. It was a skill competition, (laughs) bro. Call it what it was. It was a pageant. So, so crazy me. So everybody know I'm an outgoing person. So we were raising money for, I think the Lomberger Cancer Center, and so they do this thing called Mister Pharmacy Pageant, right? Ridiculous thing, um, where they get like two people from no three people from each pharmacy class to compete against each other. Like it's literally a pageant. I ain't gonna lie. Like you gotta dress up, you gotta answer questions, you gotta perform, you gotta do all this crazy stuff. Um, and so of course I didn't want nobody to know. I still I don't even know how did you find out? So I found out from Dina. See. You can't trust you can't trust everybody you you around, man. 
So like I told Will I didn't want him to go. He done snuck around and bought tickets. So I found, I don't know how I found out he bought tickets, right? And so I told him, so once I found out, I was like, okay, so if you're going to go, you're going to get up there too and we're going to stroll, right? So Will was like, all right, all right, cool. So we we decided to have stroll practice, right? So we go, Will, Will he moved off campus. So he in grad school, so he living in a house right off campus uh, with Rod. Shout out to Rod, uh, fraternity brothers Will. So me and Will, we 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 out there, uh, uh, we practicing. Will falls literally and busts the window. Like, I don't know how he he stumbled his way into the window. Um, but Will broke the window of his house. And I just thought it was so <laughs> worth it that God rewarded me for him trying to surprise me. Oh boy, Rob was big mad. <laughs> Bro, I thought Rob was gonna kick me out that day. <laughs> but I mean, you already know me and Will talk. We, you're gonna hear us talk about our work ethic and kind of the things we put in throughout the years. So you already know I definitely won the pageant, right? So first year pharmacy student, I won the pageant. It didn't really mean much, but I, I don't take losing lightly. So that was a good experience. And so I think Dale is selling a little bit short, though. Like not only. Not only did this man get into the number one school of pharmacy in the country, not only did he like end up winning some ridiculous pageant for a really good cause, but somehow, some way, one thing I will say about Daryl, somehow, some way, this man finds his way into like magnificent opportunities. So one day he came up to me, and one day I think we were growing in his house or something like that, and he was like, "Yo, there's this uh, national pharmacy organization." And, you know, I'm going to get affiliated. No, it was the fraternity that you got affiliated with first. And yeah, then yeah. somehow, some way, you became the president of, like, this national pharmacy society that oversees every pharmacy school in the country. So tell our listeners a little bit about that. Yeah, so shout out to SNAFA, uh, Student National Pharmaceutical Association. Um, so it's so it's an organization, pharmacy organization, really pushing for minority health and, and minorities and, and, and pharmacy um, and just the impact in pharmacy in general, a really community service-based organization. Um, and so my first year, I'm talking about first year, first conference ever, I get there and I'm, I'm, in, I'm impressed thoroughly. And um, I, I, I tell myself, tell me and my friends, some of my friends at the table, I was like, I'm going to run for national president. And they were like, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm going to run for national president. Uh, shout out to my homegirl, Chelsea. She was like, yeah, I'm going to run too. Now, we we all know, we we barely passing classes. We we brand new. We don't even know where all the, 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 the rooms at, you know what I'm saying, in the building. So, um, so I'm networking. That's one thing I got from Will. Like, meet everybody you can. Get people your business card. I probably got, y'all, a lot of you know, I probably got, 2,000 business cards on my bookshelf and there probably 10 different stages of my life where I've made business cards. And so I'm meeting all these people and I tell too many people that I plan to run for national president, right? Um, and so the, the conference goes by, everything goes great. Um, and so I ended up um, getting a phone call from a colleague um, who was like, we think you should run for national president this year. And I was like, 
I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm a first year student. Um, usually national presidents ran their second year so they could serve their third year as a president elect and then be national president their fourth year. So I'm a first year student. I've never even had a chapter level position. Uh, and so long story short, man, I, I, I touched a lot of people while I was at the conference and I went for it. Um, and then I was I think I was like the second person to ever win as a rising second year student to win national president. Um, and so it was a journey It's connected me with pharmacists all over the world. Um, and so a huge networking tool for me now and still a part of the, the parent organization, MPHA. Um, so that was that was definitely an exciting opportunity for me to make an impact. Um, and I think that's what it's all about for me is just trying to make the most impact in whatever space I find myself in. So, yeah, I be doing the most sometimes, y'all. That's that's probably halfway the reason why we're doing this podcast right now, because I'm out in the working world and I'm like, there's so much more we could be doing to impact our community. So um, we hope you guys are enjoying this so far. For real, for real. Um, so enough, enough. Let me get off the hot seat because Will Will got me on the hot seat. Let let's let's turn turn the focus back on Will, um, who's about to get his doctor from an Ivy League. You know, you know, I, I went to a pretty decent public school, uh, but tell tell the I people would have how that you a decent public school. <laughs> it's pretty up there. Uh, but tell people how did you. Tell people, how did you even get to Philly and kind of your story to, to where you are now? Sure, sure. So in 2015, I was in my I was in my second year in my Master's of uh, Public Administration uh, program. And at the time, I actually um, got the opportunity to intern for the White House Initiative on Educational Excellence for African Americans. So this was an office that was created during the um, Obama presidency and my uh, uh, super, uh, the executive director of the program was actually appointed by uh, President Barack Obama. So that was pretty dope. And so at the time, I had been applying to um, PhD programs. So I applied to three PhD programs. I applied hold on, hold on, to. Hold on. Let, let's, let's emphasize. I see how he blew over most <laughs> of us getting internships at, you know, at the community center. This man had a whole internship at the White House. Again, who, one who thing does, who does that? One thing you learn about me and Daryl, we are we are very ambitious. And um one of the one of the quotes that our dear brother Regiment Kerman told me that I really take heed is if your dreams don't scare you, you're not dreaming big enough. So for me, um I'm one of those people that I truly believe that the worst somebody can say is no, and if you want something, you go after it. Um so how I actually got the internship. So yeah, we can touch on that a little bit. So um, in the spring of 2015, I was work um, in the spring and summer. I was working for a national organization called the National Student um, the Children's Defense Fund Freedom Schools. And so the national training is in Tennessee at the um, Alex Haley Farm. Where and for those of you who know a little bit about history, Alex Haley is actually the direct descendant of um, Kuta Kente and that farm. Um, the farm is actually where the plantation was. And so every night um, during the training, they have a national speaker come speak to us. And on the third night, I believe it was, um, David Johns, um, who at the time was the executive director of the initiative, was actually our speaker. And one thing Daryl hinted on earlier is 
one thing I pride myself on is my networking ability. And so after the conversation, I waited in line for like 45 minutes, finally um, uh, met David. So I told him, I was like, listen, I want to work for you. Like, I want to come work at the initiative. He's like, all right. He gave me his card, and he was like, email me. One thing David probably didn't know at the time, I'm very persistent. I sent this man 45 emails, so he finally emailed me back. And he was like, all right, man, I'm just tired of seeing your name in my inbox. Contact my deputy uh, director, and she'll set up an interview. So set up an interview, got the interview, got the position, and I was like, bet. And so I get there, and, you know, it's a great opportunity. You know, we're working out of the Department of Education at the time, but we had a lot of different forums and um, meetings within the White House. That was really cool. But, you know, back to the whole PhD route, I knew after my, um, my master's, I really wanted to go pursue my doctorate. Um, you know, following Daryl's footsteps, I can't let him be the only doctor, right? And so um, the three schools that I was looking at at the time were Michigan State, Ohio State, and the University of Pennsylvania. I was looking at Michigan State because they had one of the best programs in the country in higher ed. Ohio State had a professor that I really wanted to work with, and Penn was just Penn. It was, at the time, it was like one of the top schools in the country. It was an Ivy League, and it was just so far out of my reach that I didn't think I could make it there. And so, you know, I apply. I'm excited. Uh, February rolls around. The, uh, the letters start coming out. The first letter is from Michigan State. Thanks for applying, but we decided to go with more qualified candidates. I'm like, damn. A month later, I get a letter from Ohio State. Thanks for applying, but we decided to go with more qualified candidates. I'm like, damn. At this point, I had not heard back from Penn yet. And so I was like, all right, well, if I'm not, if you know, no, no news is good news, right? And so I'm just waiting, waiting, waiting. I finally get the letter. Thanks for applying, but we decided to go with more qualified candidates. So at this point, I'd finished my internship. I didn't really have a plan next because I thought, you know, the following fall after I graduated from my master's, I'd be starting my, um, my doctorate. So I, I hadn't gotten, so I didn't know what the next step was. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to finish uh, school and work and then reapply. And so one of the professors that um, I had, uh, started conversations with while I was at the initiatives. There was a professor at the time at Penn. Um, she had a center that was centered around minority serving institutions. And so I built that connection, ended up uh, going to go work for her for a little bit. And through that opportunity, I actually reapplied into the program. And by the grace of God and the angels, somehow, some way, they, they saw fit to accept me. So, uh, Four years later, I'm here on the cuffs of graduating. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm really excited about that. That's but I, but one important thing I have to tell y'all. So when I first, before I first applied, Daryl and I were sitting on my kitchen counter, and we had this saying, and it goes a little bit some like, I mean, you ain't got nothing but else to do. And, like, literally that saying has transformed our lives in so many different ways. And I was so nervous because I'm like, listen, man, I'm coming from the small HBCU that most people outside of North Carolina ain't never heard of. Like, I'm applying to this Ivy League institution. Like, there's no way they're going to accept me. And Daryl literally looked at me. He was like, what you say, bro? Nothing better else to do. Yeah. And and I was like, you know, you're right. What's the worst they're going to say? No, they already denied me once. Um, what they gonna do? Deny me again? And 
lo and behold, sometimes, um, you know, um, and I think I heard this in the speaker, Eric Thomas, he was like, you know, setback is a setup for success. And so when you get knocked down, it's just a way to recalibrate and wake up stronger. Yeah, and that's real, man. I think I think one of the the keys is is not being complacent, um, because like as as our our journeys progressed, there were opportunities to be complacent, right? Um, and so at the time when Will was transitioning, he was working at Duke. He could have decided to stay at Duke and, and enjoy that ride and pursue mm-hmm. that. I actually um, got an offer to stay at Duke too. Yeah, yeah, um, and so it just depends on. You got to know what your goals are so that you you know whether or not you're settling. Um, and so for people, if you're not if you're not setting active and and consistent and updated goals, you'll find yourself settling for something and not even knowing it. Um, and so for me, I could have just I could have made fifty sixty k straight out of undergrad and went and been a scientist and researched Triangle Park, but. There were there were certain goals that I wanted, and so making sure those goals was clear allow allow me to chase them and allow Will to kind of chase some of the things uh, that he wants. Um, so let's talk a little bit about present day. Um, I know we've come a long way. It's it's crazy. College was like we started college ten years ago, ten, eleven, twelve years ago. Um, so been friends ten years, probably close to a yeah, because we met in two thousand ten. So yeah, this shit makes eleven years. Yeah, so life has brought us a long way, um, and so we'll talk. We're definitely going to talk about more specific pieces of our lives throughout this podcast journey. Um, but I just want to give you guys an update to where we are now, because you know a lot of people are so afraid of the the journey. Sometimes um, they don't get to see the end result. Um, and so, so we'll kind of speak on how, how do you think the last 10, 11 years have been and, and kind of has it been worth it? So I would definitely say it has, right? Um, like I mentioned before, like neither Daryl or I come from money or come from wealth. And one passion that we both share is our passion to one day become, you know, wealthy, not only for ourselves, but to give back to our family and give back to our community. And so for me, um, he saw pharmacy as his um, path to accessing that, um, you know, accessing those networks to uh, create his own wealth. And I saw education as my path to doing the same. And so, um, so yeah, like we talked about, you know, going through Central, graduating, you know, I got my master's from Central. He ended up going to go get his doctorate out of undergrad from UNC Chapel Hill. And currently, um, so I serve as the um, as a senior associate for an executive recruiting firm called Hobbs and Towns, where my job essentially is to help companies find their next leaders. And as simple as that sounds, it can be extremely daunting, extremely difficult. But one of the things that I always like on my days, matter of fact, I'll use today as an example. Like today, I was just exhausted, right? But I knew I knew I had a deadline and I knew that, you know, I had to produce and it wasn't enough to just go back to my boss and be like, well, you know, I tried and I couldn't find nobody. And what kept me going was like, I remember like those nights where we were dead tired going to Duke Library. Like I remember those nights where it was a party and like every like it was or like literally there were nights where it was a party at my house. Right. Like the house that um, I um, I was renting. And I would leave those parties to go to um, the library. 
And so for me, it was just um, like building that discipline early helped me realize that, you know, sometimes you have to make sacrifices. And sometimes, although things may not um, be set up the way you want them to be set up, like you got to do what you got to do to um, meet that end result. So to Daryl's, to your question, Daryl, I, I would definitely say it's been worth it. Um, I still have a long way uh, to go. I have very big dreams that terrify me, but I'm excited about them. And yeah, so I, let me flip that question back to you. Would you say like everything that you've done in the last 10 years to where it's brought you, has it been worth it? Oh man, definitely, definitely. So I'm back in North Carolina. Uh, so I'm a clinical pharmacist. And so um, so right after pharmacy school, I went to residency um, up in West Virginia, literally living outside. It was literally cows five feet from my apartment, y'all. I'm talking about premium say, cows, y'all. Like, like T-Bone I State. Did a, I could have did a rodeo. <laughs> like there was a there was some baby cows loose in the parking lot. Like I'm not exaggerating. And so I went there for a year, did residency, and so now I'm a clinical pharmacist. And so one of the things a lot of people are surprised is like I do not work in the pharmacy. <laughs> like I don't count pills. Um there's so many different elements of pharmacy. And so um I counsel patients on different things, um, on different chronic disease states. And so but I think overall just now, like, so now we're we're definitely in the season of getting the fruit from a lot of the, the things we sold over these last 10 years. And um, it's definitely been worth it. You know, we, we set crazy goals, crazy financial goals for ourselves. And um, we've reached them all and we're still setting them day by day. Um, so I think it was definitely worth the journey. Um, and the exciting part is, is like we'll kind of hint into we're nowhere near where we want to be. Um, and so we hope throughout this, this season we can kind of share some specific things and break down some specific topics of things that we did in order to kind of get to where we are um, and hopes to inspire and motivate people listening to, to know that no matter where you start, um, your destiny uh, is determined by yourself, you know. Um, and so we just, we, I know I'm grateful that, that we don't look like where we came from, you know? Um, and that, and that's not to say that we came from the worst beginnings. There there are people who have it a lot worse than us. Um, there's people who are way more privileged than us, but I think our intentional efforts to take control of our life really helped steer us to where we are today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And um, I think to that, I just want to um, add one more point. As I mentioned earlier, like if your dreams don't scare you, if your dreams don't like terrify you, you're not dreaming big enough. And, you know, for some people, it's OK. Like um, and one of the biggest lessons that I personally learned this year is everybody's idea of success is very different. My idea of success, Dell's idea of success um, other people's ideas of success are very different. Um, but, you know, one thing I would encourage, if you have a good friend, if you have a good brother, and, you know, like, Daryl and I, we're not related, but, like, I de- like Daryl is like my brother. Like, I trust Daryl with more things than anybody else in my family, uh, with the exception of my fiancé. And so it's one of those situations that, like, when you have good people in your circle, like invest in those relationships because you don't know where those relationships will take you. And I can honestly say that I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for Daryl. Right. 
And it wasn't like the fact that Odell like gave me some crazy loan or he did. No, it was just that constant motivation, that constant um, voice in my ear, that constant. And like just seeing him attain great things made me want to attain great things. So if you have people like that in your in, in, in your circle, like definitely like hook on to that and like motivate them as they motivate you as well. Definitely, definitely. Um, and I think that might be a, a definitely a great topic for us to kind of to, to hit on too at a future episode is just what does your network look like? You know, um, that that made the world of difference. And so we're we're super close, but there were so many key relationships um, that we could go through that kind of really opened doors for us and really gave us guidance to close certain doors in our journey. Um but we're gonna we're gonna get to that later. Um, I think I think this has definitely been a great a great opportunity for you guys to kind of get to know a little bit more about us. Um, and so we definitely are excited about what this podcast has uh, to offer. Um, and so definitely give us feedback as we 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 work to get better um, each time we put out an episode. Um, and just continue to continue to look out for the content we're putting out. Um, make sure you guys uh, subscribe where you can subscribe, um, like, comment, share. Um, we definitely, we definitely gonna have some good things come coming coming your way. Um, so, Daryl, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Daryl Devon. Um, also, uh, you can find me on Facebook, Daryl Lewis, LinkedIn. We talked about networking. Um, we're definitely some good people to know. We know know a lot of great people in all fields. So Daryl Lewis, on all all networks, you'll be able to find me. What a, and what about you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at uh, I am Will on you on Facebook Will on you and uh, like Daryl said, like definitely like reach out to us and we'll <laughs> we're not one of those people that you reach out to us so and we don't follow you back. We'll definitely uh, connect with you. Also, you know, just um, shameless plug. Um, I run a business called Voices of Black Folk, so definitely check out our content at VoicesOfBlackFolk.com. And uh, Daryl, do you know any? Uh, do you by any chance know any dope uh, photographers or videographers? I know, I know a few. I know a few. Man. I heard I about this company. One company in North Carolina, uh, Opta Opticuts uh, uh, Illusion or something like. Yeah, man. So optical illusions, man. We. We're changing the game, serving the whole East Coast of this country, man. From Philly to Florida, we're doing it all, specializing in brands, businesses, weddings, all things media. Um, and so we'll definitely share the links to to both both those, both our companies. Um, and so we have a lot of things going on. Um, and we look forward to the support that you guys will hopefully give us. And, and, just, and whether that's just liking the picture, whether that's watching a video, whether it's commenting, um, and if you if you're listening to this podcast and you've gotten to this point, we already know you truly support the things that we do. Um, and so we really appreciate it. Um, and we hope you realize after listening, uh, this is definitely more than just another podcast. Um, so make sure y'all continue to check us out. Um, and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Definitely. Peace. Peace. This podcast was brought to you by Optical Illusions Photography and Media. Let us capture your best moments in the perfect way.